what is up and welcome back to beyond the arc with brandon silvers as always i am your host brandon silvers we are headed into the mlb all-star break first half of the season is over with and i don't feel right talking about that without our guest tonight i don't even know if we can call him a guest he's been on the show so much he's just friend of the show friend of mine host of at the plate with Danny Foxworth. And since we last spoke, Mr. Danny Foxworth, Danny, what is going on? Pleasure to be back in the building again, Mr. Silvers. Thank you for having me. Definitely. So, I mean, let's get right into it. First things first, we got someone chasing 400 for the first yes. time since Ted Williams in 1941. Mr. Luis, oh man, the last name is going to trip me up. I don't know, you might have it better than me. Right. Luis Arise. There we go. See, that's why Danny's yeah. here. That's why Danny's here. This dude, what are your thoughts on him and what he's doing? Man, I said before, in my lifetime, I would just all I want is to see a player hit hit the 400, hit for 400. For the entire season and right now last I, I think i checked yesterday he was at his average is sitting at 389 which is damn near like 60 70 points higher than the second place person but this that man can flat out rake i mean it's ridiculous it's like his swing his swing is just it's just like short compact swing but his bat speed is ridiculous and it's, it, just, it's just such, it's just, he, he's a treat to watch, man. And it feels like in today's MLB too, where batting average really isn't, you don't really think about it like that. Everyone's trying to hit home runs or whatever. It feels like 389 might as well be 600. And I know we haven't seen anyone get this close since I think, <laughs> who was it? Tony Gwynn in 94? Tony Gwynn. Yeah, I think Tony Gwynn was hitting 394 right before the strike happened. Well, when the strike happened, I should say. That strike. So I don't know. Do you like his chances to make it happen? And, yeah. Oh man. I mean, it's it's That's still tough. like eighty plus games to go, but yeah. But I'm hoping I'm hoping and praying that he can sustain that that uh that uh that hot streak because I I really want to see somebody hit four hundred. That'd so be super hopefully cool. if anybody can do it, it'll be him. Yeah. yeah that that would be super 100%. cool because I know we've seen the triple crown. We've seen the home run records and all that. But this is like, this is the thing that hasn't happened in our lifetime. Yeah. So that would be yeah. really cool to see. And man, I got to say, I might have a new favorite player. I saw you you posting about this next guy uh, we need to talk about on Twitter. Ellie De La Cruz of the Cincinnati yes, Reds. What in the world? Oh, God. What in the world? That's all and I got. Is what in the world? Is, yeah. And what's what's wild is uh former uh guest I had on my podcast, uh, Jay Braze, he's a diehard Cincinnati Reds fan. He was the first person to tell me about Ellie De La Cruz. He was like, when he gets called up, just look out for him. And sure enough, he was, I mean, right as rain. He called up, he got called up, and he just, I mean, just playing like his hair is on fire. I said, the way he came into the league after that call-up, it reminds me of 
Yasiel Puig, and it also reminded me of when Jeffrey and Corb first got called up. I mean, they just they could not do wrong. I mean, 15 games in your career, and you hit for the cycle? Man. 15 games in your career. And then there's people the triple people for go the there, cycle. Yeah. Yeah. 10.83 seconds from for he looks like Randy Moss. Looks like yeah, Randy Moss. But you're right, the hit for a cycle. I mean, to be as tall 15 as, games. Yeah. 15 games. And like you like you said, like that's something that guys just don't even do. Matter of fact, it was the first red cycle since Eric Davis in 89. Yes. I mean, people, there's people that go their entire careers without hitting for the cycle. He managed to do it in 15, his 15th career game. Tell you just, what, life ain't fair sometimes. I tell you. No, just electric. You're right. He he reminds me a lot of Puig and that that start that Puig had. And I don't even think has he even been up in the big leagues for a month yet? Like I feel like he just got here. So. He's already doing it. Yeah, he he that man, he's got some undeniable talent. I watched, I think he was like the fourth overall prospect, but yeah, he's 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 earning this paycheck. So I don't know, man, that like just just guys you tune in to watch like he is must see TV for me. Because now you've got me you've got me on the baseball thing. So now I'm watching other games outside of the Dodgers. So I got to make sure I get and in the Cincinnati Reds, they typically play in a little bit better time zone for my sleep schedule, too. (laughs) Ellie De La Cruz must see TV. One hundred percent. Uh, you got any other players you've been looking at this season who you're like, man, this dude, he started off hot. Man, <laughs> Shohei Otani. I mean, that, that goes without saying. 31 Speak- home runs at the break. Are you kidding me? Speaking of must-see TV, I was just watching. I was watching their game, recording this Monday. I was re- watching yesterday, Sunday, and he hit a bomb into the tunnel at, at the Angel Stadium. They said no one's hit it there since Bonds in the World Series. That is ridiculous. And the sound coming off his bat is... <laughs> it startled me. Yeah. It was like, you hit a back crack and I'm, you got a duck. You think somebody's shooting. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I hit the floor and I was like, nope, just show hay again. <laughs> them, them back cracks are different. Because he he leads the majors in home runs, I believe, at the time of this yeah. recording. he's I think he's got an outside chance at the Triple Crown, too. I think he's a little bit back in, in batting average, but I think he's hitting over 300 as well. Yeah, and he's, I think him, him and the Dolores Garcia are usually, like, back and forth between one and two for the league lead in RBIs. I think... Uh... I think Adolis has 69. I think Otani might have 68 right now. That sounds right. And then and then don't we haven't even gotten to him being on the pitcher's mound. I think he's I think he's second in the league in strikeouts. Uh, yeah, he's near the top in strikeouts and batting average against and whip. Yeah. I mean, the man is a unicorn. Like for someone to do that the closest comparison I could come up to was if Cam Newton at Auburn 
was also Jadavion Clowney at South Carolina. <laughs> right. Like, it just doesn't exactly. make no sense. It really doesn't. And the Angels as a team, so they've got him who's like, to call him a generational player feels like an understatement, but a generational player in Shohei, <laughs> generational as a hitter and a pitcher. And then they got Mike Trout too. But they're still barely a 500 team. That just shows you kind yeah. of how weird baseball is. Yeah, <laughs> you're not lying, man. This, golly, it's like they they play their hearts out, and then they just end up <laughs> the Angels end up losing There's so many times that you it's, would think with Otani and Trout being on the team that it would their wins would be cakewalks. But yeah, that ain't the case. No, it's, it's always funny to see the stats of like Shohei did something for the first time since 1892, hit for three home runs, struck out 12, and the A the Angels lost 12 to three again. <laughs> exactly. He's like, what in the world? It's kind of like if if Shaq and Kobe were always fighting for a playoff spot. It's like, what this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I agree. Did uh, you see? I'm sorry. Did you see the um the walk off dance that Carlos Santana had the other night? Yes. Oh my God, that was more of that. Please, Brett from the MLB preview. Brett sent it to to me. He was like, "You gotta you gotta check this out." And I was like, "Please, more, more. I can never get a st enough of that." Yeah, I mean, I saw the walk off dance, but the, about 30 minutes later, somebody posted the, the actual walk off shot that he had. I was like, oh my God. It just it just made the dance that much better. If you put a baseball there, you can do whatever you want. Pretty much. And honestly, going back to Ellie De La Cruz, like his chain game, pretty nice yeah. too, just coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. anything for more, like you and me both, just more fun. Like we need more of that. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I like basketball so much, that individual expression, like please dancing. I would show Hayes got the little hat he puts on and everything too. Like, please. Dude, I love, I love the the home run celebrations, like the Mariners. Whenever somebody hits a home run, they have this big, they give them this big ass trident. I love it, man. Just just go all go all in with the home run celebrations, man. I can't get enough. Because I don't know if I said it, we were talking about the 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 chase for the 400 season. But hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. So if you hit it and then you send it to the moon, then y'all got to celebrate it. It's only fair. Yeah. It's only right. And just real quick, going back to you mentioning Brett, and I saw you and Brett went and caught an Atlanta Braves game when the Dodgers were in town. And I just want to know how that was. Man, so my first my first major league baseball game, I've been going around uh I've hit up a couple of River Dogs games. I've caught another one this year, a couple of Gamecock baseball games to go to Truist Park in Atlanta. They've got they've got this area called the battery around it where it's just all kind of restaurants and you it's just walkable and it's directly around Truist. Get whatever you want to eat or drink there. And then to go into the stadium and then you see, man, we're not in, we're not at Riley park anymore. Like this is yeah. <laughs> for real. And to see 
everything up close and personal as far as the the pitching and the hitting, I have even less of an idea how they managed to do any of it now because it is so much higher level than even the River Dogs. They're, well, they're class A, but it's even so much higher than that. And I'm like, these dudes here, another level, whole nother level. Like it was yeah. an incredible experience. Like I got to get back to more of those. Yeah, I've never been to a Braves home game. Well, since they moved to um, since they moved to Truist Park, yeah, that's that's definitely on my list. I'm Just going an incredible to, stadium. Yeah, I'm I'm going to the Rangers game on August sixth against the Marlins. Okay, so you'll get to see yeah. hopefully the chase for four hundred and your Rangers. They yeah, they started and, off pretty nice this year. Yeah, and they're playing in a dome stadium now, which is even more advantageous. Okay, now you would have been roasted. Oh, yeah. Texas in August. That's brave. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. No, man. That's yeah, I'm, Can't wait to hear about that. I'm looking forward to that. And ironically, the last Rangers home game I went to was against the Braves. Really? Back in 2014, yeah. That's what's up. No, that that's definitely going to be nice. How many games have you been to? How many major league parks? Um, been to Texas, uh, St. Louis, Kansas City, Minneapolis, um, and Tampa. Okay, what was the best park out of all those? What was the best like experience? My personal favorite was Kansas City. Okay, because any particular reason. Even as a major league ballpark, it still had this this minor league feel to it that that I really dug. I do like that that charm because I do like going to the River Dogs games and just that that tight, close knit feel. It's got the charm to it. You got Charlie doing his thing and and everything. Now, don't get me wrong, like Truist Park, that was that was incredible. Like it was just like high tech. I felt like I was in a black mirror episode or something. I didn't know. I was like, Oh, this is incredible. <laughs> but I do like the more intimate settings as well. I yeah. do not discriminate. <laughs> but speaking of that, how have you felt? Cause I mean, we got to the Braves game. We were in and out. Like, you better hurry up, get what you want to eat and drink. Enjoy the game because you get to go because the new rules. How are you liking these new pace of play rules? I am loving it. Oh, my gosh. Look, man, I love baseball just as much as the next person. But when it all boils down to it, I love baseball. But at the same time, I got shit to do. And there was I retweeted. Um, It was a tweet from Codify Baseball since they implemented the, the pitch clock. Three, the amount of three-hour games in MLB this season is down to 9%. Wow. Which was, it was 57% last year, and it's down to 9%. Damn. Okay. I'm like, get, get me more of that. Yes, because like, you can just sit. It's like a, like a college football game. Like, you watch it, you're gone. You're good. You can doesn't take up your whole day. You're good to go. Yeah. I've even got I've got MLB strike zone now, which is like the red zone equivalent for baseball. Mm -hmm. So they're just going through the games whenever someone's on base or something exciting's happened. They just switch the games based on that, which is great for my uh, Twitter shortened attention span. So I'm loving it myself because 
we can watch a couple days, a couple games a day if we really want to, instead of that that one just yeah. long. That would have been like a three day trip if I'd gone to the Braves game with the old rules. I don't know if I could have made it. And also another rule that they implemented when I went up to the Durham Bulls game uh, two weekends ago, and they went in the extra innings. They played the uh, Syracuse Mets, and this is my first time witnessing it. But when they won extra innings, they start off with a runner on second to just you know just to speed the game up. And I was like, man, I like that. Let's hurry up and get this thing over with. Yes, because not only are you going to get it over with, you're not going to go 20 innings or whatever, but I like seeing baseball with someone on base. Yeah. Like something it, it could raises, happen. It could raises steal. the stakes. Yes, because it's not like there's so much now where it's like a solo home run, this, that. Let's see some stolen bases, some some doubles, make the fielders have a little bit more pressure, like you said, raise the stake. Like you got to execute now. Yeah. 100%. So you mentioned you mentioned you getting some tips from some of your your podcast guests as well. Let's talk a little bit about that before you head in before we head into talking about All-Star uh the All-Star festivities. How's everything going, man? I know I, you're crushing it from the outside looking in. Yeah, man. Uh It's it's, uh, it's been good. It's been real good. Um I tell you what, some of my, uh, some of my, uh, my, I'll tell you my favorite All Star moments. Yes, uh, ninety three, the ninety three um, home run derby when King Griffey Jr. was in the home run derby and hit the ball so hard, or hit the ball so far that it hit the um, B and O warehouse, Pat, like across the, I don't know if it's across the street, but like right next to the Camden Yards. Nothing. He's the only person to uh, hit that stadium or hit that hit the uh, warehouse to this day. That and then uh, the, I say my another favorite All Star game moment for me was the 2002 All Star game when Torrey Hunter robbed Barry Bonds of his home run, and then they had a playful moment. Barry ran out in the outfield, and I think Torrey Hunter was about to run back to the dugout, and he just scoop. He snatched Torrey up. Like, how dare you? And they had a good, they both had a good laugh out, out of it. And then another all-star game moment that really stood out to me was, of course, Josh Hamilton, home run derby in Yankee Stadium in 2008. I mean, I think like 26 or 27 home runs in the first round. And, you know, stadium full of Yankee fans, and they're just chanting, Hamilton, Hamilton. I mean, he had him eating out the palm of his hand. But he was so gassed in the first round, he actually ended up losing the derby to Justin Morneau. I was going to say, but like my two favorite home run derby moments, the guy who produced the moment didn't end up winning it. That Hamilton was one of them, former Ranger and mm -hmm. Riverdog. And then yep. uh, Sammy Sosa in, 2000, in 2002, the same year as the Bonds, Hunter thing. He oh, had yeah. 12 in the first round and he was hitting bombs. I think it was like five over 500 feet. That's crazy. But then again, like you said, he got gassed too and didn't end up uh, winning at all. I think Giam Jason Giambi won it that year. Okay. And so yeah, how those, those were some of my, go ahead. 
Yeah, so so I was wondering, like, how much do you enjoy the home run derby versus the All Star Game? I I pretty much I I enjoy them equally. Okay, because even when because I, I like watching the All Star Game because it's it's the best of the best playing against each other, and now even though some people may have a problem with it, but now there's, there's an incentive. Like if whoever wins, whatever league team wins the all-star game, they get the home field advantage in the world series. Yes. So it makes it matter. I, I, I don't think they'll ever do anything like that in the NBA, but I do think oh, no. they need to try something in the NBA because I cannot, I can't watch that thing anymore. Like that all-star game is too ridiculous but you can't really you can half play basketball but it seems very hard to like half play baseball so i think that that lends itself to a better product yeah 100% do you ever watch the celebrity softball game uh very rarely i think so, the last time i watched the celebrity softball game was when my dog ricky henderson was in it and of course, he went yard and he's popping his collar. I was like, "Yeah, Ricky, you old man, you still got it." Yeah, man. Like but, I, I love for, for whatever reason. Anytime there's an all star game, I love the celebrity aspect of it because I like seeing how terrible these people who everyone idolizes are at sports. Because yep. then I'm like, okay, I might not be able to act like you, or. <laughs> I was a big Nelly guy. I might not be able to rap like Nelly, but I don't know. Nelly was pretty good at the softball game. That's a terrible example. But, you know, y'all trash when it comes to athletics. And that that makes me feel a little bit good. It's hilarious. Um, and I, I think they're doing that Saturday this year because they changed it up. They've changed up the the weekend to include the MLB draft as well. Really? Yeah. So I was just talking about this the other day. I don't know why the MLB draft isn't a little bit bigger. I don't know if it's because maybe you might have some sort of guess. I don't know if it's because it takes so long for the guys to get to the big leagues or what. I think it's because there's so many rounds. That's true, too, because I'm not staying yep. for no 473 rounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I do think they should try to do something to make like the, and it looks like they're doing that, but to make like the at least the first round a little bit of an event yeah, I think they normally show it on MLB Network. Yeah, I have to look and see what what they're doing uh, this year because because I couldn't even tell you, I couldn't tell you. This is how I know I'm getting old. I can't tell you any draft prospects from any sport really. I'm just like, man, I got to go look it up. This kid played over here, whatever. So, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat with you. Well, anything you're looking forward to the second half of the season, man? I'm hopefully. Luis Arise can continue that high streak and, you know, he's flirting with 400 and hopefully he can break that 400 barrier. Um, the Rangers, hopefully they can continue doing what they're doing. I they're, despite their loss today, I think they might be five games ahead still in AL West. I think they had, yeah, I'm surprised they had six all-stars this year and four of them were starters. That was that was that was a that's really a testament I'd say to uh, Bruce Bochy, their new manager. They got um, Marcus Simeon starting at second, Corey Seager starting at shortstop. 
uh, Jonah Heim starting to catch her, and uh, my dog Youngster, aka Josh Young, he's looking like the front runner for AL Rookie of the Year. He's starting at third base for the American League, and then they got a Nathan Yavaldi and Adolis Garcia as, as uh, the as the uh, reserves. But then I look and I see the Braves; they got eight All Stars. I was like, "Holy cow!" That was another thing I noticed. The Dodgers won the game I went to, but the Braves. They got some players. Uh, yeah. Acuna, incredible. My favorite, my favorite player in the league. That dude is unreal. Yeah. Um, Matt Olson, I felt like he was hitting a home run. Like, all he does is hit home runs, it feels like. Uh, Ozzy Albies, like, they have some players. Like, I'm, yep. I don't know. The Dodgers, we got, we got an uphill battle. If we want to compete with them, even though we got some players too, my guy Mookie Betts, he's going to be in the home run derby this year too. Is he? Yeah. So I don't really think of him like that. I think he can do everything basically. Like they got this dude playing infield, outfield, wherever. But uh, I think he's on pace for like forty home runs this year. Wow. So I didn't. I didn't know he was in the derby this year. No. So I think it's him, uh, a Rosarena from the Rays, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Pete Alonzo, and J-Rod from the Mariners. Okay. That's a that's a stout lineup right there. So we're going to see. Uh, I'm still – I think they're still going with that, that, uh, that format where they got like the bonus balls at the end. I, I have a hard time keeping up with home run derby formats because I feel like they yeah. change it every five years. And I'm like, oh, man. That's true. I've just got the the <laughs> these rules down, and now we're going over here. Um, but no, I'm excited to see what he's doing. But yeah, your your Rangers they're in first place in their division, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they've been looking nice. Your your boy Garcia, that dude Adolis, no Adolis Garcia for president, as as I tweet quite often, had another homer. Had another homer today. I that dude he, is strong. Yeah, I think he's at 21 home runs and he's got 69 RBIs right now. Just killing it. And you mentioned before the season you were excited to see Seager. And yeah. he's looking nice too. Yeah, he's raking as well. So, um, yeah, man. So yeah. before yeah. I let you go, by all means, tell us where to find the podcast, anything else you got coming up, and we'll let you because I know you got – Probably seven more, eight more record this week, knowing you. <laughs> well, uh, if y'all want to check me out on uh, talking about baseball at the plate with Danny Foxworth, it's available on all streaming platforms, video available on YouTube. And also I have another podcast called Since We Last Spoke with Danny Foxworth, which is just like general discussion and just have, finding people that I find interesting and who have fascinating stories and have them on. I have my mom. Had my dad on his guests um, talk, had uh, episodes about anxiety. We've had episodes doing tournaments about French fries and snack chips. I mean, it's, I cover a lot of bases. It's not really focused on current events, but it's just, it's something in there for everybody. So make sure you check both of those episodes, uh, both of those podcasts out. Also, I have a documentary recommendation. There's a, Great documentary about the Negro Leagues on Tubi 
entitled There Was Always Sun Shining Someplace. I watch it at least once a week. It's it's really, really good. I'm definitely going to check that out. There's always sun shining in some place on Tubi. I'm definitely going to check that out. I would say Danny even undersold his own podcast because he is for real. I don't miss the episode of either. Since you last spoke has been incredible. Like it comes right on time. That one, you still don't really have a set schedule, just whatever you, you got an episode that comes out, correct? Correct. But I mean, you get a lot of episodes out, so you will not ever have to miss it because he's great with getting that out. It's good stuff. Like he said, he talks about all kinds of different topics there. Um, and I thoroughly enjoy it. He always gets the best guest on both of the podcasts at the plate with Danny Foxworth. Like that's the only baseball podcast I listen to. The guests are incredible. <laughs> I was listening to the last one. And I forgot I was listening to a baseball podcast because I was taking down a bunch of notes on fragrance recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out my guy Eldon Hawks, man. So if, if you get on there, you got to like watch that episode because Danny's got on the bow tie. So does Eldon. Yeah, that's how he's that's how he shows up on on all of his episodes. So I figured I'd, why not? Why not match the energy? Yes. So that was great. I was like, man. And then, uh, no, I just can't say enough about that one in particular. And I do believe if based on that podcast, if Ken Griffey Jr. were to run for president, he he would get every black vote, at least like everyone mentions how much they love Ken Griffey Jr. And that's very true. Cannot blame them. Because it's a I love Ken Griffey how, Jr. Yeah, it's a testament to how transcendent of a player he is. Yes. So, Danny, again, man, cannot thank you enough for joining me. Check out his stuff. I'm tired of asking. Now I'm telling y'all, check out his stuff. Good Lord. <laughs> Do it. So, Danny will be back on soon enough, too. Don't worry about that. And this has been another episode of Beyond the Arc with Brandon Silvers. I will catch y'all next week.